Welcome to the podcast of the Guardian Careers. It's a podcast that's been spoken of for many a hundred years. And um, lad- um, sorry, it's only been going for about ten months, actually. Oh, oh, oh dear. Um, oh, this isn't good. Mm. Uh, more modern. Mm, um, yeah. Okay. Um, Guardian <laughs> Careers podcast, 2010. Better. <laughs> That was lovely. Hello and welcome to an artistic and creative careers talk. I'm Kerry Eustace. You'll have noticed that our normal intro music has been replaced by something a little different. Maestro Lawrence Gemmel and his guitar have joined us in the pod today. Lawrence has written a song which has become a bit of an internet sensation and which you'll be hearing shortly. And his masterpiece has inspired today's topic, Will an Arts Degree Get You a Job? Catherine Large from Creative and Cultural Skills will be joining us to talk about that and hopefully pluck you arts grads out of unemployed despair and help you find a job where you can apply some creative flair. We'll also be talking about why the end of summer is actually good news for job seekers. But first, Lawrence, thanks for coming in and thanks very much for your musical introduction then. I've got lots I want to ask you, but first, I know our listeners will be keen to hear this song that's been getting so much attention, so perhaps you could just introduce it for us um, Tell us, you know, why you wrote it, what inspired you and what it's called, without giving too much away. Sure. Well, this song is called Arts Graduate Unemployment Song. And uh, yeah, I was inspired by kind of numerous friends and their depressed Facebook statuses about <laughs> how they're just kind of sitting around in their underwear. Um, and uh, yeah, this is basically my take on it. Uh, it's, it's, got a, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek and a, a bit ironic, so please, YouTube commenters, don't kind of tell me to get off my ass and get a job because... I'm actually doing that, so yeah, have a listen. Three years ago I went to university I thought that I would get a job if I got a degree I didn't realise that everyone has a two-one And now I'm unemployed, and I must tell you it's not fun. Well, I say I'm unemployed, but I could probably get a job. But only flipping burgers, I prefer to be a slob. And sit around the house in my pants and my dressing gown. And update my Facebook to suggest I'm feeling down. The problem is that uni made me feel like I'm too good. For jobs involving lifting things like heavy bits of wood. And now that I have read the complete works of Shakespeare, I entirely refuse to start pulling pints of beer. I have studied the Renaissance, I am in the middle class. So I will not lift a finger, I will not get off my arse. I'm an arts graduate, I'm an arts graduate. For three years I pretended to understand Nietzsche, and now I see no other course but to become a teacher. For three years I perfected stealing traffic cones, but now my only future is in selling mobile phones. Why the hell did I get into 20 grand of debt To learn about Buddhism and protest about Tibet Why didn't I study medicine or chemistry Something that would mean something or even dentistry Oh yeah, it's cause those things are all quite hard and you have to think 
And they take up quite a bit of time So there's less time for drink But I will not work in a call centre I'm far too up myself I would rather remain jobless And deplete my parents' well. Cos I'm an arts graduate I'm an arts graduate I could always work in the media and do all of my research on Wikipedia I could always work in recruitment And help other arts graduates into recruitment But these could all be disasters So next year I'll apply for my masters And be an arts postgraduate I'll be an arts postgraduate I'll be an arts postgraduate I'll be an arts postgraduate Okay, we love your song, Lawrence. Um, and, and everybody should watch the YouTube clip that accompanies it as well because there's some really funny visuals. But as you just mentioned then, it's not really about your personal experience. It's a spoof, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I have been unemployed for, for a bit, but I mean, it's only been a few months since I, I graduated. So it's kind of exaggerated for comic effect. And also, I'm, I'm not going to study a master's and I kind of get Nietzsche a bit. So, <laughs> um, but and also, if you look at the video, I can't spell Nietzsche, so um, so maybe. But yeah, it's it's meant to kind of play on a type of of, of person and not not really be um, yeah my own personal thing. Okay, well, tell us a bit about you know what you want to do and what you have been doing. What did you do? At uh, I, uni? I, I studied uh, English literature for three glorious years, and uh, now I'm an unpaid intern at uh, a film company in London. But um, I, I kind of want to be a musical comedian, which is why I made this. But unfortunately, um, not many companies tend to advertise for that job title, like exactly. <laughs> um, though I do think Deloitte have a small musical comedy department, but it's, it's quite it's tough to break into. It's very competitive, It's yeah. very tough. You have to network a lot. And I, I, unfortunately, I hate people, so um, that's quite difficult. And um, you've actually been offered an opportunity recently. It's quite yeah, exciting. Yeah. Tell <laughs> about, us about, about that. About three days after posting a, a song <laughs> about being unemployed, someone called me up and just offered me a job uh, on a play. It's it's not quite a full-time thing. It's um, not a, a permanent thing. It's it's two months to see if I can do it, and then I'll, I'll apply for the, the vacancy and see if I get it. So, yeah, it's uh, it's in it's in the BBC, so it's a kind of fairly artsy thing. That's that very like. good. I mean, apart from it being fun, your song, I mean, do you think it's relevant that the issues that you bring up are quite serious to um, people? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, well, I mean, the most... Uh, quite real The most co- common kind of response I'm getting is, well, thankfully that it's funny, but also um, so true. People are saying, this is so true. <laughs> yeah. and most of it is lies, so I get quite confused there. Most of it, like, you know, I've never stolen a traffic cone. Um, yeah, and uh, so, but people obviously seem to think that I'm some kind of, I mean, people are saying arts degree messiah, you know, <laughs> a lot of people banding around that term mainly me but um <laughs> so i don't know well i think there's something that people can take comfort with and we'll have some advice for all of them afterwards so thanks for that cool. and we'll have more from you throughout the show awesome now it's turning into something of a grad takeover this week as we've also got nathan minigan currently on work experience here at the guardian in the studio hello nathan hello um thanks for coming in and um, tell us first what you're doing at the guardian on work experience um i've got two weeks here i started off in international development which is uh, a new website that's being funded by the gates foundation talking about the international development goals mm-hmm. uh, so i was there for two days really really interesting because i didn't know that much about it there's a un summit coming up on the 22nd of september uh, so it's great to get involved in that 
Uh, then I moved over to Guardian Jobs, uh, which was great for me because obviously I'm in my second year, going into my third year, thinking about you know getting a job in general. Um, so it was really really interesting finding out you know the processes of you know uh, a good CV, and uh, I've met a fair few people who really helped me out with my own personal CV, mm-hmm. which was great. Nice. Uh, then had a break, and on Monday I was in marketing, and I've spent this week in marketing and uh, researching customer insight. Well, that's a good blend. So what are you doing at university? Tell us where you're studying and what you're studying. I am currently at the University of Liverpool studying philosophy and politics. Okay, so an arts degree. What do you feel about our subject this week? Do you think an arts degree is going to help you get a job? Well, I think it's a really interesting subject because there's sort of a there's a split uh, opinion at university between people who say, oh, you know, in retrospect, I wish I'd done... Um, law, economics, maths, some sort of finance-based degree um, because they feel that it's got, well, the buzzword is transferable skills, basically. You know, you can go straight into a job. Uh, Whereas things like philosophy, politics, communication studies, you know, a lot of people who aren't at university, their preconceptions, especially about philosophy, they think they're all all drunks and alcoholics, (laughs) um, you know, because they're not doing a lot of work. And so... I really like my degree, you know, I get a lot out of it and it was perfect for me. But I'm constantly worrying that, you know, although it's taught me to think analytically and and it's been good for me, that employers aren't going to see that. Well, it's something we'll be able to ask our guest about later, how you can address that problem. But what do you sort of want to do in the future? What are your career goals? Um, I am interested in journalism, um, especially feature writing and reporting. But I'm also interested in financial services, getting some sort of professional qualification under my belt at an early age, and then eventually possibly own my own business. What sort of business? Ooh, um, ironically, maybe recruitment, finding a finding a <laughs> <laughs> so finding that's why you've been yeah, spending yeah, time yeah. in jobs. finding a finding a niche market, and then maybe you know helping graduates. Uh, so you know, it's the only thing I, I can personally feel I can speak with authority about at the moment is you know, how graduates feel about the current job market. And there is a lot of scaremongering going on. Um, So especially people in my year, um, it would be great if there was sort of like a niche, maybe even an online, you know, advisory type website that would really help people out. (laughs) (laughs) Like Like Guardian Careers, yeah. (laughs) All right, thanks for that. We'll chat to you a bit more in a bit. Okay. Now for some news, podcast muses Harriet Minter and Ali White are here to share some headlines. Hello both. Hiya. Hello. Um, Ali, do you want to start us off this week? Sure. Don't know about you, but if it feels like everyone's on holiday, probably because they are. And <sighs> apparently this is a bit of a problem for job seekers. What it is that the summer is apparently the worst time to search for a job, according to the co-founder of Career Plan for Me, who's a career planning expert. He said it even beats Christmas holidays for just not being able to get those recruiters. And what it is, it's because CVs and online applications sort of pile up because the staff are out on their holidays, HR, recruiters, managers. So it can feel, you know, that you're not getting any response and it can raise your anxiety due to, you know, the lack of feedback. And you might just be sat on someone's desk for weeks and weeks. So he had a few tips and there's some interesting stuff here, really. You know, first of all. Remember not to take the lack of responses personally. If you don't get a response, try and follow up with a call or email. But even perhaps use the summertime productively or this quiet time productively. You know, use it to assess, research, polish and plan, you know, assess your transferable skills, research potential jobs and companies that could be hiring soon. And, you know, you're setting yourself up for the start date with that renewed job search. You know, when it all starts to pick up again, everyone's back in September. And then just, you know, make sure you're fully prepared with a structured routine and you just go at it then when everyone's back. 
really good advice. September and January are when recruitment cycles sort of kick off. So when the majority of recruiters place in their job. So using this time now is really sensible. And it is important to consider cycles, isn't it? Because different sectors have got busier times. Like, Say, for example, is it how you were saying it about the hospital sector? Yeah. The healthcare, you need to be thinking about May and January, which coincides with... Um, when doctors and nurses kind of finish their training. Um, Retail, you should be looking at kind of November going into December because obviously that's when shops take on lots of extra staff for the December rush. So it's just thinking about the area you want to go into and possibly when is going to be their busiest time so they might be looking to recruit new people. Also for the health sector, um, casual workers in the health sector get a lot of work around Christmas time when permanent staff are on their holidays So, and graduate campaigns begin in March and April after budgets are finalised in February and that's often a year in advance so some dates there for everybody's mm-hmm. diary. Um, Harriet, what's your story? I am going to talk this week about something called a skills passport which is something they've been testing in um, the nursing sector. And it basically means that all the qualifications and training you do are kept online and your future employer can then view this and see exactly what you've done. And the idea is so that you don't replicate training. But I'm wondering whether it's going to be something that will actually spread out across all sectors. And you'll find that actually if you are working as a, in a job with as a journalist and you go to another paper, they'll already know that you've had um, you know, your shorthand training or they'll know that you've had your press complaints commission training and things like that so you don't have to repeat them twice I think the only downside with this is you can't really then I don't want to say lie on your CV but possibly big up your experience if they know if somebody's backing it up online whether that's gonna be a problem yeah and and healthcare being structured sector for training and and also other sectors like accountancy it might work really well yeah but with more maybe creative sectors where experience matters more than your qualifications and also if you wanted to change career this is going (laughs) to scupper your chances slightly if you can't present your experience in a new way because they've got a set passport that they want you to but I do think um what you can take away from it regardless of which sector you're in is the idea of keeping a constantly updated cv Actually, everyone should be doing that anyway. If you do a project you're really proud of, just add it in to your CV. You're not sending it anywhere. But just so you can remind yourself, if you've been on a training course, add that in so you know you've got it. If somebody has taught you how to use a new computer program, add that in as well. And if you keep it up as you go along, when it comes to the time when you actually want to send your CV to people... You're going to have a sort of ready-made database of all the stuff you've done. Okay, my story is that there's not enough top graduate talent in the job market currently. Um, I've taken this from an, an interview on the HR News site, Recruiter, and it was with the interviewers with the head of graduate recruitment of Fresh Minds Talent, which is an executive search and graduate recruitment specialist. And um, it was Soraya Jan Mohammed who said that a lot of companies are looking to hire from the top 5%, but there aren't many of those graduates in the job market job-seeking currently because they've sort of either been too scared to look for a job because they don't think there are any, or they've sort of deferred their job seeking to take a master's. So now companies are struggling to fill all their vacancies. Um, as team with the fact that a lot of employers have upped their vacancies from last year, some of them doubling the amount of jobs that they have, um, they're finding it really difficult to fill them. And with the scary headlines that have come out, it's all these graduates thinking there aren't any jobs, when in fact there are. And also, I don't know if you saw this, there are actually so many jobs that... Um PwC increased their sort of application, not process, um, application requirements. So it used to be you had to have a 2-1 and above to be on their graduate scheme. Now it's a 2-2 and above. I think shows, well, two things, which is one, that maybe they're looking for 
graduates with slightly more quirky skills than just somebody who sat down and written really good essays. Um, and also that clearly they're not finding the right candidates or the right candidates aren't approaching them. Um, so there are jobs out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that grad, the graduate scheme that PwC is, has launched is really encouraging because they want graduates who can show an extraordinary level of extracurricular activity and who've got that entrepreneurial spirit. So it's encouraging to see that recruiters are sort of expanding the criteria that they want. And, and especially if they are having problems recruiting, that people are going to be more open to those who didn't get a 2-1 that aren't coming from the Russell Group. Um, so maybe it is encouraging. And it also echoes, doesn't it, what Cathy Hyde from Bernard Hodes said a few weeks ago when she came on to talk about uh, working for big brands, that lots of companies are struggling to fill their vacancies, like KPMG is still looking for people for September. So I think the moral is um, get job seeking, applying for jobs, because it's not as bad as what some people are saying. That's it for the news review. Um, Lawrence, could you play us out? Truth. <laughs> Beauty. <laughs> The Guardian Careers Podcast. (laughs) Now time for some highlights from the graduate and entry-level roles in publishing Q&A from Ali. Okie doke. First up, some good advice here is if you want to work in publishing and you go along for an interview and it's all going well, don't just say you love books because everybody says that apparently um you can really need to be able to elaborate you know one panelist said they just can't believe how many people can't think of an answer to the question of you know what is the best book you have read recently or they might say something really obvious like Jane Eyre or Great Expectations so they really want you to read modern books and you know exactly what's being published you know because at the end of the day it's the industry you say you want to work in and um, when you're looking for work experience, because I think, you know, a lot of our panelists said this is important, trying to break into this industry, try and think of times of the year that is more beneficial to the employer, you know, when the, the major book shows are, because, you know, they might need an extra hand and you might be able to get yourself some really good experience there as well, I, I imagine. And um, one of our panelists did point out it's great to see that you've got lots of work experience, but it was a really interesting point he made because he said, if he sees a great stream of placements on your CV, it immediately makes him wonder why it hasn't turned into a job. It's interesting because he said he felt a bit unfair saying that, you know, given that there's so many applications for each job, though, you tend to rule people out on a few easily applied criteria. So maybe if you have got all this experience, maybe try and demonstrate exactly why, you know, he had such extensive um, experience, I'd imagine. Yeah, saying that you wanted to experience the working processes of lots of different publishers or something. Yeah, I would imagine. A really interesting point. It made me think because, you know, you think as much as you can get under your belt. But I think he was sort of saying a couple of months or, you know, kind of target stuff is just as good as having reams and reams really trying to make people feel a bit better I'd imagine and last of all really um, think about what skills you can offer a publisher I think everyone thinks editorial is the way forward but you know one of our panelists pointed out you know what, what are you good at do you enjoy doing deals you know do you haggle when you're at the market maybe sales and marketing is more up your street really or you know do you prefer working on your own researching information and finding out facts or if you've got a good eye for detail then perhaps text-based editorial work is more suited to you so don't just think publishing is the editorial only there's you know there's good opportunities in marketing and PR even so that could be a way into a you know an interesting and different job in publishing thanks very much Ali no problem Now, if the lyrics to Lawrence's unemployed arts graduate song are anything to go by, it seems that if you want a job, you don't want an arts degree. Looking at some less tuneful, but perhaps perhaps more robust factual evidence, figures released in June this year by the Higher Education Statistics Agency found that creative arts students fell into the highest category for an employment rate of UK college leavers. 13% of creative arts grads are out of work and while it's not quite as bad as the 17% of computer science grads still out of work, 
the figure for those who did medicine is 0%. So for the grads in that 13%, the droves of you asking questions on our forums and those who posted comments of solidarity on Lawrence's YouTube clip, we're now joined by Catherine Large, Director of External Relations at Creative and Cultural Skills, which is the Sector Skills Council for Design, Cultural Heritage, Craft, Music, Performing Arts, Visual Arts and Literature. Hopefully, she can give us some advice on how to make those Bachelors of Arts degrees count in the jobs market. Hello, Catherine. Hello. Thanks for coming in. Um, Just to start off, what do you think are the biggest challenges facing arts grads who are looking for jobs at the moment? Um, I suppose the biggest challenges are going to be just that there are so many of you. The challenge really is all about standing out. Any, Any qualification isn't an automatic pass into a job anyway. Um, so actually it's not your degree that gets you the job it's you that get you the job and so it sort of feels to me as if something about arts graduates or any graduate really um, how do you work around your degree and to apply those sort of skills and the things that you've learnt during your degree and how do you then evidence that on your CV you know that's the bit that will make the difference to the employer really. Can you tell us a bit about what those sort of skills that they want are then because... That's yeah, quite important. Absolutely, to have absolutely. Um, employers in in our sectors are talking a lot about um, sort of quite technical and specialist skills needs at the moment. The performing arts industry is growing and is projected to grow massively over the next um, twenty years, and we can see a huge input of people wanting to be actors and you know being on stage but no one actually applying for backstage roles you know so that's why we set up our our national skills academy for example to to sort of start um to train up those people because at the same time the backstage side of things there's an aging workforce there so you know there's an urgent need to replace those those jobs um you know you can tell by the the growth of the sort of live music industry it's the same kind of issue really you've got lots of people wanting to be on the stage at these festivals at Glastonbury or whatever but no one actually willing to sort of (laughs) lug the stuff around um behind the scenes so there's the sort of technical specialist sort of skills gaps, I suppose. I mean, across our sectors, you can also see things like, you know, the commercial archaeology sector needs to train people as as we come out of recession and the um, construction industry um, starts to return. We yes, they do digs on site where they're building Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, equally, things like um, jewellery, that's a, obviously a very high value industry, the sort of goldsmithing silversmithing and lots of people are coming out of university with sort of jewellery design degrees but they can't make you know so the making skills are important and then alongside all those technical skills issues there are also what you generally call sort of management skills business skills more likely actually Um, so things like marketing um, digital skills you know if you know how to you know write your own website and market yourself online then that's that's a skill that actually our our employers at the moment are saying they're really lacking those sorts of skills you don't learn when you're doing a degree that that bit you can only really learn through work experience or on the job kind of training um, continuing professional development I think I just wanted to know whether you think that there's um, a negative perception from employers in general not specifically creative but also just in in a wider area about arts graduates I don't necessarily, I mean, I certainly don't have a negative perception of arts graduates and lots of people in our sectors were arts graduates themselves. So, you know, I wouldn't say that at all. Um, I mean, I think there's there's lots about a degree that um, employers value but don't sort of express desire for it, if you see what I mean. So the, val- the value of, 
um, you know, developing critical thinking, making an argument, um, making your case, writing skills, hugely valued by employers. And I think they just see, when they see degree on your CV, that's just a kind of pass on that you know we 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 kind of guarantee that so then I think it is as I was talking about the sort of what else is it as well as your degree that is valuable to employers I think perhaps your question is saying something about the sort of perception of motivation around arts graduates is it arts graduates are slackers I mean I (laughs) I think there is a sort of motivation question here um, because I think if you've got your arts degree and then you've done lots and lots of other stuff whether that's writing for your student newspaper it's running your student theatre company or it's taking shows to the fringe or I mean obviously I'm thinking about the creative sectors particularly um, then that just defaults any kind of slacker uh, accusation I suppose. Do you think it's then important for people to sort of deconstruct what their degrees are rather than just listing their degree title to really sort of uh, break down the skills that they've gained such as the ones you've mentioned and sort Mm. of explain to an employer why what they've done is valuable for their business? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's where where you can show you've applied those skills. Because the other thing about CV, I feel very strongly about when I read them, you make this assertion on your CV uh, that you have these skills. Well, where's the evidence to back that up? You know, if you're saying you've got excellent writing skills, then show us that you've written a, an article somewhere or you've had that published or that, you know, it doesn't have to be professionally published, obviously. You know, so it's it's sort of making that connection back into the real world, sort of, as I say, the sort of application of skill. Lawrence, you've done quite a lot of extracurriculars, haven't you? Um, do you want to Sounds give us like some you, tips? <laughs> yeah, so, um, didn't mean to. But do you want to give us some tips on how you sort of presented your experience and stuff that you've done when um, you've been looking yeah, for work? Yeah, well, it can be quite difficult, you know, showing um, how skills in spotting different kinds of iambic meter can, can transfer to the world of, yeah. of business. <laughs> um, but I guess it, it can be done. I, I, I kind of think that um, some of the problem here is, is with, with arts graduates themselves who kind of are struggling to find jobs that interest them enough because uh when you uh study things like um keats's odes for three years and you you know luxuriate in their beauty um going into a world of administration seems less appealing um and i think it is creating a kind of group of people who believe that that they should be kind of working with with kind of finer things and we all can't be artists unfortunately and I don't know, it's just uh, it's a bit sad, really. What do you think about that, Catherine? Do you think that there's a, a discrepancy between expectation of the sector and what they've sort of done at university? Um, I suppose so, yeah. I mean, I, I can completely, um, I sort of feel that. <laughs> um, I can see that completely. But um, I think what's interesting is if we've got some very creative and clever people that are emerging from our universities at the moment, well, is there a way of sort of circumnavigating the employer altogether. And, I mean, I am quote David Willits a bit, um, you know, who's our university's minister. But, you know, he his thing is go and start your own business. Well, obviously, easier said than done. But I don't know. I just I think there were maybe some interesting things there. And I think particularly for the creative and cultural industries experiencing such a sort of digital revolution at the moment, maybe there's some stuff with your odes that you can do online <laughs> that can turn into yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I think that this current generation of, um, of graduates, because we've got that democratisation of culture through, through the web, um, I think things do feel a bit, a bit different. Lawrence, how did you create opportunities for yourself and sort of get over that 
Um, mainly just like just sending applications just to offer for unpaid work and internships, and that's that's another thing that I feel is uh, obviously it's been talked about a lot. Like that, the only way you can you can get anywhere now is to offer your services for free, and it just means um, the only people who can do it are middle class, you know, children with with families willing to help them, or mm-hmm. you know, if you're willing to like I've currently been working like seven days a week, uh, like working weekends to kind of fund an unpaid internship, and that just seems un- unfair to me, and that people have to do that is, is is a bit kind of strange but um yeah it's you just have to completely sell yourself absolutely i do think it's um i do think we're heading into a very dangerous territory with our um unpaid work work um placements at the moment i mean that's i can see why um that's happening more and more and that's because of um demand you know there's so many people wanting a job so from our perspective, obviously, the most important thing is making sure that employers have the right information to make sure they're not contravening any legal guidelines, really. My personal experience has been that there's such a pressure and um, you, you're, you're so keen to impress that you're, you're willing to kind of put up with and not kind of make a fuss about almost anything, including like, you know, the fact that this thing could be making you like financially kind of... Because of the climate and how tough it is. Do we think there's any scope um, or room for arts graduates sort of broaden their horizons? In Lawrence's song, he jokes about media and recruitment being sort of, you know, among the only options for these graduates. Should they maybe be looking to use their artistic and creative skills um, outside of the creative industries, perhaps? And, you know, where else can they go? Absolutely. I mean, I think... I can't remember the exact statistic, but I I think there's something like um, 60% of creative employment is outside of the creative and cultural industries. And you can imagine um, places like in-house design departments, for example, taking a proportion of graduates. And again, the design sector is a very fast-growing sector of the economy. I say don't take any job at face value. You know, you might be called sales rep or recruitment, whatever, but I think there's something in really looking at that job description and going, what actually is this job? Is it about talking to people on the phone every day, all day? Actually, I love talking on the phone. You know, so it's sort of less thinking about the kind of grand things. I want to be um, an actor, I want to be a designer, I want to be a whatever. Think about the things that you are good at, the small things. You know, do I prefer sitting at a desk um, writing stuff down or do I prefer chatting to people? You know, that level of detail. Then try and find a job role that fits that better Um, and that could be in any industry really. Every individual is different and has a different, you know, maybe you're a kind of completer finisher type and your, you know, your, you know, project management therefore should be your thing. Or maybe you like to um, write lots of lengthy prose, then maybe some kind of research job or reporting job is your more your thing. And again, I think in big businesses, um, they need lots and lots of different types of people with lots of different skills. How important do we think that um, further study is to the creative industries? And, you know, is the master's going to give you an advantage? And that's something that Lawrence also jokes about in his song. Yeah. And, I mean, there's something I use quite a lot, which is, do you need a PhD to work in the museum shop? And, I mean, if you set, if you take it that 50% of the, the cultural heritage sector do have a further degree, um, that that's worrying. And I think we, we talk, as a skills council, we talk quite a lot about um, not necessarily people having higher skills which a further degree would be but having appropriate skills you know and that's something you know when we're looking at the kind of 
macro of, of supply and demand in the creative sector that's what we need really need to think about and the government really needs to address my feeling is that if you're going to do any kind of further education then try and make it a professional one so a degree and an MA and a PhD is about um, honing your academic excellence but your you know tutors in universities their job is to um, make sure you're you're working to the best of your academic ability, that you're writing your essays about whatever subject it is in the right sort of way, um, they're not necessarily helping you get a career. Um, you know, even we've had a lot of conversations about the sort of MAs in museum studies, for example, where you have museums saying these people say they've got museum studies, but they're not, um, they're not doing, you know, they're still not equipped for my workforce. Actually, um, that's because they are, it's another level of academic rigour that they're going into and, and that's what the tutors would say you know the the issue for us that we we can see is that there doesn't seem to be the right types of qualification available actually at the moment mm. Lawrence did you feel that your degree equipped you for, for the career that you wanted to pursue I, I think I, I never I always went in thinking this isn't going to prepare me for any specific career particularly um, and I think that the my song doesn't really suggest suggest that I, I went in I was like oh I didn't realize English isn't you know a, a vocational degree and I can't just go out spouting poetry and people go give me some money but um but in terms <laughs> of skills but uh, yeah I, I don't know I, I guess I just kind of uh, I can I can manage things in a better way I, I had to cope with a lot more things I guess at university that's but it doesn't you know it, it doesn't really prepare you to kind of schedule a meeting on Outlook or or, or or kind of use Excel that seems to be the most kind of you know required things I mean the, the, the but what about you know when you're when you've been doing your internship is yeah. anything sort of coming handy oh uh, yeah well I mean working the like the film internship I've been doing has, has been I've been reading a lot of scripts and commenting on those and that that, that is a kind of area where my you know uh, the fact that my degree was about art that's been that's been really helpful and that is an area that that's why I'm pursuing it because it's an area that's kind of profitable and has has a kind of potential to to be commercial but is also a kind of artistic one that appeals to me kind of you know my personality so just to finish up have we got any more sort of tips for anybody who's an unemployed arts graduate that they could sort of start doing now to help them get a job i would really investigate all the different job roles that are out there i mean our website creative choices um gives lots and lots of case studies and examples of, of jobs in the creative sector and i would really try and look advise people to sort of try and look beyond the obvious you know as i said those sort of backstage roles or the, the other or other types of of work and then really look at the job descriptions that are that are out there and see which ones match match what your personality prefers really lawrence do you have any tips for us downsize your dreams Oh. <laughs> be realistic. Uh, be realistic, yeah. Be realistic. Don't be a pop star. Lawrence, is it really about downsizing your dreams? And I'm surprised that you say that, considering you've got this amazing musical career here in the podcast and the the internship that you've secured and your work with the BBC. Yeah. So, is it more uh, like Catherine says about being more entrepreneurial? And yeah, I think it's probably perhaps. being about practical and kind of uh, making it work for you. I, I'm personally looking for something. That, that I can do every day, but that gives me enough time to kind of pursue what I want to do in my spare time. And I, th- I think find, finding a career that kind of makes you happy on a day-to-day basis is a kind of a, an achievable thing for a lot of arts graduates. So. You see? Doom-mongering over. Thanks very much to both of you. Lawrence, do you want to play us out? Jobs, jobs, jobs. How do you like them in The Guardian? Jobs, jobs, jobs. <laughs>
Ah, right. Sticking with the theme. (laughs) Uh, Sticking with the theme, we've got a chart full of roles, perfect for all those unemployed arts graduates. Working Nathan is going to help Ali reveal the chart. Lawrence, could you add a bit of musical excitement to the rundown, please? Kicking off the countdown at 10, we've a digital campaign manager with Future Publishing Limited. In at 9, it's Junior Editor with Media 10. And at 8, we've a Zen Events Executive for the London Chamber of Commerce and Industry. At 7, it's a Creative Media Development Manager for Trinity Expert Systems. While Architects for Health are looking for a part-time journalist at 6. It's into the top five with a production editor from the Associated Press. And at four, Search Live Recruitment are looking for an assistant accountant for a film company. Three is a literary administrator for the Bush Theatre. And Pip to the Post at two, it's an email copywriter from Yellow Cat Recruitment. But this week's prize-winning role is a curator of online content at the Milton Keynes Gallery. <laughs> Now, just before you return to your deep thoughts and creative expression, we've got some Q&A dates for you. Okay, the 31st of August, after the bank holiday, we have Financing Your Career Development, where we're going to look at loans and funds you can apply for in order to take courses to help you further your career. And then we've got What Does a Curator Do? on the 1st of September. And on the 2nd of September, we're going to look at acing your teacher training, all between 1 and 4pm. That's all for this week. Thanks very much to our guests, Catherine Large, Nathan Minigan, employed arts graduate Lawrence Gemmell and the always inspiring Harriet Minter and Ali White. Careers Talk was produced by Kate Taylor. I'm Kerry Eustace. Until next week, goodbye. Farewell to the sweet Guardian Careers podcast. You're a cruel lover to leave me. Yes, it's true. Farewell to the sweet Guardian Careers Podcast. I won't forget to tune in next week too.